I want to preach to you tonight is that you don't have to die lost. There's a God in heaven that's looking for you tonight. And there's a church on earth that's looking for you tonight. Somebody has formed a search party and they're seeking after you. They're on their knees praying for you. They're shedding tears for you. They're pushing back plates for you. And they're concerned about you because they don't want you to die lost. And friend, whenever we can find you and bring you to an altar of repentance and preach you under conviction, not only is there going to be rejoicing in heaven, but there's going to be rejoicing in the house of God. This is CPC Vault. shame to be poor. But I found out that we may be poor in earthly treasures, poor in the things that the world counts as riches, but we're rich in heavenly things. The Bible says that where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Or where your heart is, where your treasure is. I want my treasure to be in heaven, don't you? I want my treasure to be where it counts. Because one of these days, we're going to go to where the treasure is. The Bible says that Jesus said it, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it wasn't so, I'd have told you. If it wasn't real, I'd have told you. But he said, I'm going to go away and I'm going to prepare a place. Now, there's a lot of rooms in Father's house. But he said, I'm going to make something special. And then I'm coming back after the bride. I'm coming back after my people. That where I am, there you may be also. Aren't you glad? He didn't say you got to come to me. He said, I'm coming back to get you. I'm coming back and I'm going to take you with me. Look, church, we've got something to look forward to. Jesus Christ is coming back. He said, just like the angel said, just like he went away, he's coming back. He went away in the clouds. One of these days, you're going to look up and see him coming back through the clouds. We better be ready because it could be at any time. Any time it could take place. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Romans, the 12th chapter, the first, start with the first verse. And I'm sorry, I forgot to, I forget to tell this back here every time. You got it good. Lord bless you. So I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable service. It's not hard. It's not something that you can't do. It's something that we can do. Brother Begar, would you pray for us?
God. There's so many things of the world that the church people are wanting to reach out and get a hold of, and they're trying to make it seem like it's so hard to live for God. But it's not. It is an easy thing to live for God. I begin to think about the habits that people have in their lives. Everybody in here has a habit. I didn't say a hobby, I said a habit. And we took this thing on ourselves and we got in the habit of doing certain things, certain ways and certain times. And I began to realize that we could also make a habit out of living for God. And if we'll make a habit out of living for God, it's an everyday thing. It's a thing that comes natural. It's a thing that we want to do, a thing that we want to uh, worship and praise Him and magnify Him. When it comes time to pray, we're in the habit of praying and we automatically begin to pray. If you do it at night, before you go to sleep, automatically when you lay down or if you kneel down, the first thing that comes to your mind, I've got to pray. You do it the first thing in the morning, as some people does. When you get up, automatically you say, I've got to pray. Whatever time you're in the habit of praying, you pray. You see, if we get in the habit of living for God, it's easy to live for God. But I began to think about a man in the Bible. It was Samson. And I began to think about a lot of Christian people that call themselves spirit-filled, have the Samson spirit. They have the Samson spirit. You say, well, Samson was a mighty man. Samson was strong. Samson was doing things. But Samson was also a man that liked to fool around in the enemy's camp. The Bible says that when Samson was before he was ever born, the Bible said the angel told his parents uh, that he was chosen of God and that God was giving him to them for a purpose. You see, Samson didn't just happen. Samson was put here for a purpose, and that was to help deliver the children of Israel. When, before he was born, the angel told his parents, uh, he said, I'm going to get the, God's going to give you a son. And you are to raise him as a Nazarite. He is not to drink wine, any kind of strong drink. He is never to cut his hair. Well, right then, we'd look at him wrong, wouldn't we? But you see, God told him that he is never to put a razor to his head. And he is never to uh, touch any unclean thing. He is not to touch a dead body or anything that is unclean. He can't eat anything that is unclean. But the Bible says as he began to grow and God began to use him, he knew his purpose of why he was here on this earth. But the Bible says that he went down to the towns of the Philistines. 
and he saw a woman. And she became a temptation to him. He went back to his parents and he told them, he said, I saw me the woman that I want. Well, they probably got excited because now maybe their son was going to take a wife. But then he let the cat out of the bag. He said, but she's a Philistine. But son, don't you realize you can't marry a Philistine. Choose somebody from our own families. Choose somebody from our own people. But he said, I like the Philistine. I like what I saw. I like what I, I, I see when I go down there. So they did. They went down. They took her, and uh, he married her. Before the honeymoon even started, she caused him problems. Before the honeymoon ever started, there was a a. a, a fight that came up. Samson ought to realize then that it wasn't God's plan. But yet he wanted the Philistines. The Bible says that all during the life of Samson, time after time, and it probably don't even mention all the times that Samson went down to the Philistines' camp. At one time, he would be fighting them and trying to deliver the children of Israel. And the next thing you know, he's down in the Philistines' camp eating and carrying on with the Philistines. There are a lot of church people today who claim to be Holy Ghost-filled, Spirit-filled Christians that wants to mingle in the world. They want to be known as the children of God, but they don't want to look the part. They don't want to act the part. They don't want to live the part. They want to be with the world and act worldly, but still claim to be in the church. It don't work. It's not going to work for me, and it's not going to work for you. We're going to have to make up our minds. We are going to live for God, or we're going to live in the world. You cannot live for God and live in the Philistine camp. I know we work with the world. We rub shoulders with the world. That's why we go to church and get in the altars and get it off of us. But we can't live in the world. Acting like the world. I've seen a lot of people that claim to be living for God, but when I see them out on the streets of town, I don't know if they're living for God or not. <laughs> Dress is not what counts. Hmm? We think just because you wear your dresses down to your floor, or the men, you wear your pants to the floor and your, your long sleeves. We look at that and we think that's holiness. That's not holiness. But we've placed that as holiness. I know people that dress this way, won't let their children watch TV, makes them uh, uh, do other things that what, you know, instead of uh, like our children would do. 
But yet if you mention the Holy Ghost, they say it's of the devil. So you can't go by what a person looks like to know that if they're living for God. <laughs> and we do that. We meet somebody on the street that we see that we think, this, oh man, they really got it. They may not even be anything associated with God. You see, Samson looked the part of a Nazarite. He was a Nazarite. But yet he still liked to lead the children of God and go to the enemy's camp. He enjoyed the pleasures of the world and still tried to lead the children of Israel. It don't work. We're either going to live for God or we're going to live with the world. The Bible says in another place, Samson met another woman in the land of Philistine. Fell in love. And her name was Delilah. And everybody knows about Delilah. When you mention Samson, the first thing that comes to your mind is Delilah. You see, Samson thought that Delilah loved him. Well, she probably told him she did. But you see, there was something about the Philistines. They were continually trying to bring down the man that God had chosen. The Bible says that she began to vex him, continuously asking him where his strength uh, came from. And he would tell her different things and whatever she, he told her she would do and call out that the Philistines were up on him. She kept on and on and on at him to finally he got closer and closer to where his strength was. You see, church, the world wants to know how you are living for God. They want to know where your strength is coming from. I'm here to tell you tonight that the devil knows your strength and he knows your weakness and he knows how to work on your weakness. You see, Samson had his strength uh, that came from God. Your strength uh, comes from God. But the devil knows your bodily weakness. He knows your flesh uh, better than you do. And he knew Samson's uh, flesh. Uh, that's why he would put these pretty women uh, in front of Samson uh, every time he went down around the Philistines uh, because he knew the weakness uh, of Samson. The Bible says that he told Delilah, he said, if you'll plait the seven locks of my hair, I'll be weak. He was beginning to play with fire. You know, the, the, the saying says you play with fire, you get burnt. Well, it's true. You play with it long enough, you're going to get burnt by it. And that's why we used to tell our children when they were younger, stay away from the fire. You play in the fire, you're going to get burnt. They just kept fooling with it. Eventually, one of them gets burned. 
He said, well, I tried to tell you. It's hot. The fire of the world is hot. And when you get burnt by it, when you begin to play with the world and you begin to uh, do the things of the world, act like the world, you're going to get burnt by it. And what we need to understand is we know that God forgives our sins. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've come from. The Bible says that if we ask for forgiveness, God is going to forgive us of our sins. And the Bible is true. But if you've contacted something during your sinful life, you're going to live with it the rest of your life. You play with fire, you're going to get burnt. That's what we need to make sure our children understand as they begin to grow into teenagers. And as they become young adults, they need to realize that you play with sin, sin is going to hurt you. I know they sit under the Brother Belgard Sunday after Sunday and listen to the Word of God brought forth continuously. But yet as they begin to get older, it's something about teenagers. They begin to shut their mind to what the grown people says. They begin to try to shut out what they learn, and they begin to try to follow what the world says. You see, Samson... The Bible said that his parents, uh, you know, his parents tried to raise him to, to live for God because he was a chosen vessel that was given to them of God. Do you understand, church, that when you receive the Holy Ghost, you become a chosen vessel of God? You might as well call yourself a Nazarite because you are a chosen vessel of to live for God uh, and to lead people out of the world to live for God. But a lot of us uh, have picked up the Samson spirit. The spirit of I want to be known as a Christian, but I want to look and act like the world. God help us, all of us, you know, we look at ourselves and we say, well, he's not talking to me. It's not me. It's somebody else. It's all of us. Every one of us has something uh, that, that is close to the world that we cling to. Huh? We'll say we don't, but we do. I, I learned a long time ago. I, I listened to a preacher one time when I was young. And he preached hard and he was stern and, and real, real stiff with the church people. And, and he would preach so hard to us. I mean, the young people, we, you know, we were afraid to do anything because he was so, I mean, he come down on us so hard. But then we began to watch his family. And what he was preaching to us was different than the way his family was living. It don't work that way, does it? I mean, if they're going to preach it to me, 
then it's the same in their family. But what I'm trying to say is a lot of times uh, it's wrong until it happens in my family. Hmm? <laughs> it's right. I know a lot of Pentecostal people that was that way. It was, it was wrong until it happened in their family. And all of a sudden, well, maybe it ain't so bad. <laughs> I mean, it's true. We need, to, we need to think about it. If it was wrong before, it's still wrong. If it was a sin when we were coming up, it's still a sin. If the things that well, went on when we were younger and it was a sin back then, it's still a sin today. And we need to learn to set our priorities right and teach our families uh, if it was wrong when I was young, it's wrong when you're young. I, I tell my children just because, you know, they, they may not live for the Lord. I tell them just because you don't live for the Lord don't mean it's not right. Jesus came and died for the whole world. He came and died for you. He came and died for me and for all the other world, all the other people that's in the whole wide world. He died for us. And he's gone away to make a place for us. I don't want to have a spirit. When I'm in the church house, I'm on fire for God. I'm really living it up for God. But when I walk out of this door and you see me on the street somewhere, you wouldn't know if I go to your church or not. The Bible says, come out from among them and be ye a separate people. That means we are to separate ourselves from acting like the world and being like the world. I know you, you live in the world around, among the people, but you don't have to be like them. You say, well, maybe I can win them. No, you can't. If you're going to be like them, they won you. We need to wake up and realize uh, that we need to stay on our knees before God uh, if we're going to win people. If we're planning on winning uh, uh, people to God and letting them see that we're living a life that's pleasing to Him, then we have got to stay on our knees. We've got to learn how to pray and reach God. The Bible tells us that Samson, he finally fooled around and he told Delilah his secret, which really wasn't a secret. But he told her, he said, my head has never been cut. And the Bible says she put him to sleep. She called in a barber and had his head shaved. And the sad thing about it was he slept through it all. He never knew his hair was being cut. 
She said the Philistines were up on you. He jumped up just like he always did. He went out and he shook himself just like he always done for the Spirit of God to move up on him. And he didn't even realize that the Spirit of God was gone. You see, church, if we get the Samson spirit, the same thing can happen to us. We can come to church, we can run the aisles, we can uh, jump and shout and holler and carry on and sometimes not even realize uh, that the Spirit of God has left us. Brother Freeman, how can we run the aisles? Because sometimes you get in the habit of it. Lord, help us to make sure what we've got is the real, genuine thing. Because you see, church, there is a make-believe. There is a people that makes believe that they fill in the power of God. I know of a congregation that when they walk into the church house and they stand up to sing, they'll say, let's sing in tongues. That don't work. If it's not of God, it's not of God. It's not, it don't make a lick of sense, but they do. But you see, I love to hear people when they begin to speak in the heavenly language that we can feel the power of God as the power is moving. I love to feel the presence of God whenever we know that the movement of God is so real in this place that it just makes you want to uh, do like I used to do, shake all over. <laughs> that would kill me now, I believe. But let me tell you something, that the power of God hits us just right. The real, true power of God. I said, you know, I can understand when it's, he said that he would go out and he would shake himself. And, you know, the power of God sometimes is so strong that it'll make you shake all over. The power of God is, is something that is real. I don't understand why people would want to make out like they've got the power of God when they can have the real thing. When we receive the Holy Ghost, we receive the power of God in our lives. We receive His Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19 says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. It belongs to him. It's God in, in us. God living inside of us. That, that's where your power comes from. It comes from the Holy Ghost. I believe Brother James Alton says Sunday night, you know, the Holy Ghost leads us 
It guides us. It won't lead you into nothing untrue. It won't lead you into worldly places. It warns you to stay out of those places. When you start to do something that you know is wrong and the Holy Ghost begins to talk to you, you listen to what the Holy Ghost is telling you because it will lead you and guide you and keep you out of uh, a mischief. 1 Corinthians, third chapter, the 16th verse says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. You see, that's why Samson had to go through a lot of heartache and the things that he went through in his last days is because he was uh, put here to be a leader. He was put here to be a, a servant of God. He was a miracle baby. He, he, was, he wasn't an accident. He was put here for a purpose. And, and we know that he did do some great things. But if he would have lived more for God, he could have done greater things than he done. The same way with us, church. We're here for a purpose. We're here to, to serve God. We're here to magnify him. Nobody made us do it. But it's something about the love of God that begins to draw us to him. And if we'll listen to his spirit, and when he fills us with the Holy Ghost, we still listen to what the Holy Ghost tells us. And the Holy Ghost will lead us until Jesus comes, if we'll let it. I want him to lead me, don't you? I want him to come and receive me and take me home to be with him. 2 Corinthians 6 and 14 says, But be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Baal? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? We're not to fool around in the world. We're separated. When we receive the Holy Ghost, we receive Jesus Christ in our lives. We are to be a separated people. I don't want the Samson spirit, do you? I, I don't want to pretend that I'm living for God. You see, after a while, the world knows it. It doesn't take very long. The world knows if we're living for God or if we're pretending to live for God. It don't work. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it changes and impacts your life for days to come. 
If you would like to connect with us further, give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Centerpoint Pentecostal Church, or just search Centerpoint Pentecostal Church on Facebook. If you would like to join one of our services in person, the service times and address are in the podcast description. Thank you and God bless, and we hope to see you on the next episode.